This episode of We Got Goals is brought to you by Bitewell, our favorite dietitian curated online market. Bitewell members get access to the best independent food brands and weekly deals and discounts for buying in bulk. Now, you can experience Bitewell in a whole new way with Bite Boxes, a curated selection of bites based on your diet or lifestyle shipped right to you. In fact, you can even get an A Sweat Life curated bite box featuring some of our favorite bites, like Gonana's Breads, Queen Granola Butter, and more. Visit www.bitewell.com slash a sweat life and enter code sweat to get $5 off our curated bite box. Again, that's www.bitewell.com slash a sweat life and enter code sweat. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life. And with me is Chris Benucci. He is many things. Um, today we'll be talking a lot about the founding of Bitewell. Um, but Chris, tell us about yourself and why the heck you're here today. Uh, hi, Gina. Hi. Um, I am a food and beverage entrepreneur started uh, who started two beverage companies one in the plant protein space another one in the plant-based energy space um and i feel like i've just been in the right place with the right people at the right time a couple times and sometimes that's all you need a couple of times (laughs) (laughs) so you're talking specifically about koya um and limitless Mm -hmm. um anything else you want to name in your back pocket yeah, there's another one that I've been working on the last several months. Uh, it's a platform that connects dietitians to food that's actually deliverable to you. So in the world of healthy recommendations right now, there's a big lack of avail- uh, ability to take action on those recommendations outside of having to go to the store, create a recipe, cook it, and do all the things. And I think there's a really big opportunity to help make healthier decisions easier. So... Um, that's what we're working on at Bitewell. Very exciting. Um, well, let's jump in. This this podcast is all about goals, as you know. Um, we've actually we've developed a friendship um, over the past like year. Is that year ish? Yeah. Um, ish. Which is how I like to do business. Really, is start with friendship and then go from there. Um, so I've learned a lot about a lot about you over that time. However, we've never talked specifically about your goals. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Chris, tell me about a goal that you've set and accomplished in the past and why it was important to you. Yeah, um, it's a funny question because there's always, you can take it a lot of different ways. Um, But I always come back to this one goal, this lofty, I thought, goal when I was a kid. Um, kid being in college, uh-huh. where uh, our, our school at DePaul, I went to DePaul University, in case you forgot. Uh, <laughs> um, our school did an innovation award similar to the Chicago Innovation Award. And throughout like growing up, I'd always built like mini companies with my friends. Like when I was in um, grade school, I bought all of the colored Livestrong bracelets, if you remember. <laughs> The yellow ones were the easy ones to get, but it was really hard to get the red ones, the blue ones, the green ones. I think they had orange ones too. But anyways, bought a bunch of them on eBay and hustled them to my <laughs> classmates in like, I think fifth grade. So um, like many entrepreneurs, I started early <laughs> yeah. and uh, I didn't really take it seriously until I got to college. 
and even then I didn't take it very seriously, but found out about this opportunity to win a scholarship um, or a grant, whatever they would call it back then. And uh, it was to create your own business model, you know, submit a business model to DePaul and they'll review you like they would do for the Chicago Innovation Awards. And the top five winners, I think, got a scholarship. Now, I am not going to sit here and say I won because I didn't. But I came in second place and it was the first time in my life that I actually had validation that my ideas were good <laughs> or at least not bad. I think that's a better way to say it. So, um, yeah, and it was my first time that I took any effort really outside of academics to work on something that I thought was super cool and uh, having the validation after it and winning that award certainly helped push me in the direction that uh, took me here. I have a lot of questions. Many follow-ups. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah. First follow-up. Um, so you're already already enrolled in DePaul at this point when you mm -hmm. entered this? Um, okay, great. Um, second follow-up. <laughs> did second place get anything? Yeah, I did. I think it was like a 5000 No, it might have been a $5,000 scholarship. That's exciting. Or, actually, it wasn't a scholarship. It was a grant because I could use it for whatever I wanted. Uh, I can't recall if half of it was for like go into the world and figure it out and half of it was for your your tuition or if it was just all figure it out money. But I do know that I took some of that money and hired uh, an entrepreneur coach. Cool. Uh, I ended up not actually doing the business for many reasons. Uh, the biggest one being I was like 20 years old and had no idea what I was doing. Um, and the idea, by the way, was essentially what Carvana is today. <clears throat> Stop. The easiest way to explain it. Yeah, I wanted to create a vending machine for new cars, um, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hired that entrepreneurship coach and learned a ton, like a super ton. Really enjoyed uh, meeting with her. We met every week, and I think that was the most I'd learned throughout my college experience, was actually just hiring that gal and learning the way she looked at things. What made you understand that the best way to use that money for yourself at that moment was a coach? I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so um, you have to go figure it out. And I want to learn from experts to figure it out. So at a I didn't know that yet, I guess, in college. In college, it was more, let's talk to people who aren't going to charge me 20 grand a week to learn, you know, let's find the, the coaches that are really passionate about helping the younger guys or just getting the small businesses off the grounds. And I think you find that that community's got a lot of camaraderie, you know, there's a lot of people trying to help each other out. So once you're in it, you start meeting other people who are in it and that just kind of grows. Yeah. I, and I think you also find that there's almost like this karma economy too, which I think is what you're describing. Like, People, those who have been helped wish to help others. Um, totally, yeah. Lovely to see. Isn't it? It's so great to have a community of people that you can call on, talk about why accounting sucks, and you can go help <laughs> find a shared accountant. You know? Oh, do you have somebody? I actually do. Okay, that's Offline. good. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Um, okay, great. <laughs> so, wait. What did you call, did you have a name for this idea? Did you, what kind <laughs> yeah. of, what became of it besides you it, deciding not to do it? Well, when I submitted it, I called it car roulette. And when I, <laughs> you're allowed to like laugh. Like cat roulette? <laughs> Actually, kind of. It's not, it's kind of, anyways. Um, the business coach quickly told me that 
people might have a negative connotation to that terminology. Um, so I actually killed the idea completely before coming up with a real name. <clears throat> wow. Okay. So how did you go from, from car roulette <laughs> to food and beverage? What, what took you from coaching and college to that? Um, yeah, that's an interesting journey. Um, I got my first job out of college selling electronic cigarettes. What? <laughs> so, as you can see, I can't take it very seriously. Yeah. Um, but I learned a ton. I actually had an opportunity to um, create my own work schedule. So I still have never lived in or worked in a real office. <laughs> and um, during that time, I did really well at the job. It happened to be during a time when electronic cigarettes were booming. Um, again, can't take it seriously. But uh, <clears throat> I ended up just getting really strong sales numbers. So my boss kind of didn't really care what I was doing in my spare time. I ended up networking with a bunch of food and beverage entrepreneurs and ultimately helping a few of them out. Uh, I remember the first guy that me and a guy by the name of Rob helped out was creating a liquor infused spice company. Uh, so that was my first entrance into food and beverage. And then shortly thereafter, we started helping out a guy who had a, a water company that was like your Tom's model, buy a bottle, give a day's worth of water to somebody in need. And uh, I think both of those businesses are actually still alive today. Cool. And for our listeners at home, um, as well, if neither endorses, <laughs> <laughs> nor, nor supports uh, electronic cigarettes. In fact, please don't uh, use those. Please don't. That's fine. No judgment. No judgment. But <laughs> don't start. Uh, I'll back that. Yeah. Um, what? How interesting it it is that you learn the skill of like sales and hustle um, and side hustles in in that time too. Yeah. Um, ADD is a heavy contributor to that, I think, <laughs> you know, just wanting to continue to keep doing things constantly. But I think I was just hungriest to learn, you know, I knew I wasn't in a space that I really wanted to be in. Like, that wasn't my passion. It was just my convenient place right after college. Um, and the easiest job, frankly, that I could get. And uh, I wanted to steer my life in the direction that I wanted it to go. You know, so I tried to immerse myself into things that were really interesting to me. And I didn't know at the time, but health and wellness was certainly at the top of my list um, subconsciously. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because you said that the contest in college or the, the, um, what should we call it? The grant award? Uh, yeah. Innovation award. I don't know. Yeah. That's like a buzzword that people like yeah. these days. Innovation award um, <laughs> was the first time that your idea had been validated. So wh what was going on before that, that your ideas were not being validated? What the heck? <laughs> I wouldn't say that they weren't being validated. I just wasn't working on ideas that I took seriously. Um, for example, I started a college publication um, called Dude That's So College. <laughs> when I was a sophomore with a bunch of awesome friends that lived in Wrigleyville together. Mm -hmm. um, the long and short is I just had a bunch of people sending content in from different colleges, my friends in college, and I would edit it, turn it around and post it online. And it actually got a lot of viewers, um, but I never took it seriously. I never thought to myself, this is going to be my future I yeah. just knew like, this is cool. Like what a cool, fun, random thing for me to occupy my time for the next year ish. 
um, ultimately almost got sued because somebody's parent found their, their kid in a video reached out and gave us a cease and desist. And I didn't even look into getting a lawyer. I was just like, yeah, this was fun. Let's call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was, so I'd always done like random things like that, but never taken it seriously enough until I actually tried on that, uh, on that contest. So interesting. It was like Spoon University for bros. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, there was another one called Bro Bible that we were like, this is our North Star. I love Bro Bible, (laughs) actually. I worked on, um, when I did a job that now I'm like, what? Um, I worked on the social media for a dude-focused automobile um, called the Nissan Juke. Um, Cool. (laughs) And its target was literally... I'm, I shouldn't say it. It's whatever. Bros. Um, and so I did a lot of like reading and bro Bible was one of my bro resources. Um, it is, it, they've got, they've got all the bro. Yeah. <laughs> all the bro That's you need. Bro. Well, let's, okay. So let's talk about your future goal. Cause I have a, I have a feeling that a lot of your future and a lot of what we've talked about kind of is pre limitless, um, pre Koya. Um, so let's talk about what you're, what you're doing now and your next big goal. Um, so Chris, talk to me about a big goal you're working on and why it's important to you. Uh, yeah, well, I'll start with the story. Give it. And with an answer. The story is when I was growing up and even still, <clears throat> my step-grandfather, his name's Stan, he's an author. He lives here in Chicago. Um, also one of the only people in Illinois that always wears a cowboy hat, fun Mm. fact about Stan. Every time we'd go out to eat when I was a kid and even still he'd carry around this bun and every single restaurant that we went to, he'd talk to the waiter. I want you to take my bun and nuke it for 30 seconds, bring it back with an American burger. And it was the most awkward, uncomfortable experience every single time even now i like put my head down like still like they have gluten-free buns stan but all that to say there's this huge gap in the market between understanding what's good for you and actually being able to make an easy choice to have that good stuff you know and i think that there's a really big opportunity to help make healthy understand or understanding of what is healthy easier and not only that attach it to things that are actionable so my goal is to take all of the grandfathers who have gluten-free buns and help them understand where they can go around them that has a gluten-free bun ready for them right or help the diabetic understand how do they need to make their lifestyle changes without having to research for two years and call 10 dietitians to consults you know i want all of those decisions that really are at a core source of anxiety for us to go away. I want that weight to be lifted off. So my goal ultimately is to help make those healthier decisions easier by tying together restaurant recommendations with food delivery. And a lot of what, a lot of what you're working on is connecting the consumer. If I, if I'm to distill what I know, <laughs> connecting the consumer to trained knowledgeable resources, like an, an RD, a registered dietitian, who can then recommend consumer packaged goods, foods that are already made so that they don't have to create everything from scratch, research all of the ingredients, et cetera, to make life 
a little more livable. Is that right? Yes, that's exactly what we're doing today. But the other piece of it that's really important to me is all the brands that we're working with are small. Mm. And they all come from where I came from, you know, mm -hmm. from a zero, from a literally we have $10,000 in the bank. What do we do to, you know, we have a couple of hundred grand in the bank, but we still need to get bigger, bigger because all the other big guys are, are um, taking all the market. So what we want to do is highlight those brands in health and wellness, allow our dietitians to curate those brands, but ultimately be a, a source where we can help those brands stand on their two feet during a time when awareness for small companies and food is at an all-time low. So that's what I'm really excited about. Um, I've walked that entrepreneur walk of food and beverage, and I know how hard it can be to get your name out there, and especially now with people visiting grocery stores less frequently, it's much more difficult to uh, win a new consumer's attention. So your big goal is to... Own every food decision that somebody makes in a day. <laughs> it's, that's a, a lofty goal. That's a that lofty is a lofty goal. goal. Uh, but it's the, it's the it. true north, right? Yeah. Like everything's gotta start battle. or stem from somewhere. Yeah, it is your current Bro Bible. Um, I, you know what I love about this is it actually is reminiscent. Every you want to own every food decision that a consumer makes in a day. Like I love that. It's reminiscent of the big goal that Matt Matros set on the podcast. Who I know, you know, um, mm -hmm. when he was talking about Limitless in like the early, early Limitless. Yeah. Um, and his big goal was to have. I mean, like I still, I still talk about this to have 100% market share of the world's coffee consumption. Yep. Um, which it lofty. That was always the true goal for Matt. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, like, if anybody knows how to work towards an, an ever lofty goal, it's him in a way that's tactical and well thought out. And I think along that same school of thought, like you have to shoot big if you want to make big impacts. It's really easy to come up with a, a shop where you sell your friends like sweaters that you knit, right? And you help them stay warm. And you could do that and, and create an awesome life for yourself and for those around you. But I want to make an impact in people's life on a grand scale because this isn't a small problem that we're going after, right? This food is the source of your longevity in life. Mm -hmm. Food is life. Right. And there's still so much inefficiencies around what is good for you, how it gets to you and, and, and where you can trust to make those decisions. And it's so fragmented and sporadic all over the internet. You know, it's, it's really about how can you create something that people can trust to, to make the most intimate decisions for them in a day. And that's what we have to build towards. So lofty goals are uh, in my, in my experience now and opinion, uh, really important. Mm -hmm. I agree. And you're, so what I also love about the product and what's challenging about replicating the product, right? Like it's your moat, um, is that you're, you're essentially building like two marketplaces, <laughs> a marketplace of products and a marketplace of experts. Is that, mm -hmm. am I interpreting that right? Yes. Um, and it's really going to be interesting on in how we choose to use our experts over time. Uh, right now, they're helping curate products for consumers because they have a finger on the pulse of what's new, better, and trending in ingredients and in wellness. Um, on the other end, we've got consumers who would love to understand 
at an instant when they're at the grocery aisle, should I buy chickpea pasta or cauliflower pasta and why? And to be able to just shoot a message to a dietitian and have an instantaneous response would be really powerful. Um, so there's a lot of things we could do with those folks. Mm -hmm. It's really just going to be a matter of figuring out how people want to interact with them. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about both sides of that marketplace. <laughs> yeah, I am too. And I, I'm excited for well, one, because I'm, I'm someone who just recently very much so needed a registered dietitian as, as mm -hmm. you know, Chris, um, as a friend, uh, I recently had two uh very unexpected gi surgeries and i had to figure out what the hell to eat mm -hmm. <laughs> that time um after the surgery because i was i was given like very i'm gonna put a a little like asterisk in the air here for my listeners at home hospitals are overwhelmed and i truly believe it's not their fault no one no one had time to refer me to an rd so i had to go out there and find my own um i'm but it's overwhelming and I'm very grateful that I have the resources, but there are mm -hmm. so many people who just don't. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things in life. Like what I think is really interesting is you try and solve problems as an entrepreneur. Like there's big problems. There's little problems like Koya. There was a big problem that vegan protein drinks didn't exist. So we fixed it at limitless. There was a problem that there wasn't a cool, clean, caffeine business here locally in Chicago. Let's own it. Let's make a solution to that. And within the world of food, there are so many different, extremely influential problems, some of which come up without, expect without expecting it, right? Gina, like you had no clue <laughs> that you were going to have thrown in a hospital for two weeks, three weeks. And how, how long was it? Actually? It was one week, but I was recovering. Felt like three time. weeks, right? <laughs> I mean, for two and a half months. <laughs> yeah. That's what they, that's what we want them to think. <laughs> so like things like diabetes, obesity is a crisis here in the U S those are two massive problems that we could solve people who are, um, people's religions like kosher diet. People don't know where to go that has kosher food around them. It's not easy. That's a problem, right? If you have, if you've been cooking for two for a long time and you're recently divorced or you've broken up, You've got to figure out how to cook for one again and what habits you need to have to make sure you do that efficiently and don't waste a bunch of food. There's just so many instances in your life where you're, the stuff you're consuming needs to change for various life reasons. And it's really hard to figure out or how to navigate that. So I think within the ecosystem or within, with our platform, really what we're trying to solve is helping those deeper problems within that health and wellness community um, just the decisions around this problems being a little bit easier, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to talk a little bit about where the product is today or where it's kind of launching um, mm -hmm. and then where you're going with it. So talk me through the, the sort of the place you're starting and then where you want to go. Yeah, I think, I think that true North, right? We want to own every food decision somebody makes in a day. I think you can, try and wrap your mind around what that looks like. There's so many different places for you to make those decisions. So what would it take for us to own every single one? Um, so without getting too deep into it, right? I think that's the journey we're on. Today though, it's really all about connecting those small businesses with consumers who may have some dietary demands or just a need to know what's better for you out there, right? What's the alternative to Coca-Cola that, uh, that doesn't have 56 grams of sugar? 
or what's the alternative to your Barilla pasta? Maybe not Barilla pasta, but what's the alternative to pasta that may need to be gluten-free um, or vegan if you're not using butter? Point is, you know, <laughs> we want to help solve the simple problems with products um, by curating them to specific needs. And we're going to see which customers really need that, at least today. <clears throat> yeah. And at the time of this podcast, uh, at its air date, I should say, uh, Spot Life will actually have its own bite box out um, through mm -hmm. which one could purchase a curated box of stuff that we have selected with the help of an RD um, that folks could take kind of out for an adventure, uh, mm. which is the experience we wanted to create because it's something we are so passionate about in this time of COVID. And, and as we see people say, like, get me out of my house. Um, so I, it, to me, I, I think what's, what's really interesting is the idea of curation right now mm. in your business, but it'll be really interesting to see curation in every moment of your life too. Like all of the ways that can take shape, whether that's through delivery um, or whether that's through all sorts of other things. I know how your mind works a little bit and, and <laughs> I can see like all of the partnerships taking hold. Is there any preview of kind of like what a day in the life of bite well would look like in future state? Absolutely not. It's too early for that. <laughs> but I will tell you that we're most excited right now about the bite boxes launching uh, in a couple of weeks. The, <clears throat> again, it goes back to testing the concept. Does a keto person really have access to all the keto products that may be helpful when they're transitioning to a new diet, right? Or to your point, is there, a, is there an experience that we can work with a dietitian to curate that's going to capture some attention for these smaller brands? And not only that, help solve a problem of snacking, mm -hmm. you know? There's a lot of ways to, to I guess, I don't want to say skin the cat because that's a terrible reference. Is it cut yeah. the apple? I don't know. But <laughs> there's a lot of ways to... Uh, what you think it is? I said, I said, let's keep the skin on the cats. Let's keep, I think that's probably for the best, <laughs> but there's a lot of ways that we can approach this problem. And I think these boxes are going to be a great way for not, us to not only get people to try a bunch of brands they've never tried before from small businesses, but also start to curate again to some of those needs that some of our health and wellness consumers have keto, gluten-free, vegan, all that fun stuff. All right. I'll, I'll let you off the hook. I want to ask all of the future state questions, but I'll stop uh, so that you don't have to give too much away. Um, okay, Chris, tell me, what's your favorite product on BiteWell right now? Oh, that's so not a fair question to ask. <laughs> that's so mean. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I certainly have a couple categories that, I'm, that are interesting. Oh, I've seen a big trend in um, popcorn alternatives. Hmm popped water lily seeds what? are becoming yeah this is news to me too um go check it out at bitewell.com <laughs> but uh pop, pop water lily seeds are definitely becoming more interesting shots are becoming more and more dynamic like we're seeing shots for things outside of immunity now um like get, uh, also another ingredient say that i find to be really interesting is postbiotics you hear a lot about prebiotics and probiotics, but nobody's talked about postbiotics yet. So I think we're going to start seeing some things coming out around that ingredients or, um, yeah. So I guess a couple of things from, uh, from the health and wellness world. 
Fascinating. Popped water lily seeds. I cannot wait to try that. Um, okay. So give us your tip. We need to know your hot tip. Um, you, you too are living in this COVID-19 world um, where we have to actively participate in our own well-being, mental health, <laughs> and productivity on a daily basis because we don't have offices to go to. So what is a tip that would you, you would give to the listener at home to stay healthy, productive, or just sane? Yeah, no, it's all about for me trying new things because right now it's really hard to go out and try something new. You know, I think if anyone's like me, I've been spending most of my time this summer um, walking around parks, occasionally kayaking, and uh, basically sitting in my house staring at the walls, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> trying to stay sane and all at the same time. And I found the most enjoyment out of trying new things. For example, never kayak until this year. Um, never tried a popped water lily seed until this summer. And <clears throat> Really, you just want to go out there and make sure that your life's not as boring as the life that seems to have been instilled in many Americans' homes, you know, in recent months. We don't know how long this thing's going to last from a lifestyle perspective. So to the extent that you can find new habits and new ways to keep your life interesting, that is uh, certainly what I want to focus on. <laughs> I like that. It's adventure in all forms, right? Like whatever adventure is accessible to mm -hmm. you. Yeah, but I'm also, I also hate routines, so new things are, are my thing. So what, what do you say to the question, what's your morning routine? I brush my teeth. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction, right? <laughs> I actually, so I feel, I feel really good about the fact that you said you hate morning routines, or just routines in general, because same. Um, yeah. it, they make me feel crazy, like I feel trapped in a box in routine. Have you always felt that way? Yes. And COVID has certainly put me in that trapped in a box mentality <laughs> more than ever. Um, but yeah, I find sanity and like just immersing myself in new things. Honestly, that's just, I guess that's my thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. So Chris Finucci, we spent a lot of time talking about bite well about you, um, about your hot tip, uh, which is try new things. Is there anything else you need the listener to know about you about bite well before we sign off? Mm. No, I just think that, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I think now is an interesting time in the world where we need to support each other more than ever, whether that's through, you know, encouraging people to be on top of their fitness with you guys, hopefully encouraging people to be on top of their eating habits with us, or just figuring out what kind of camaraderie you need to make sure that your day doesn't feel like it's dragging you down, especially mm -hmm. when there's a lot of unknowns in the world right now. And it's crazy. Like California's having the craziest wildfires they've seen in forever. During a year, I think, ago, we had Australia's crazy wildfires. You know, it's just been constant chaos for many people. So hopefully you can find some uh, some peace within the chaos in trying to instill better routines for yourself if you are a routine person. Um, so I guess I'll end it with that. No further, you said no further guidance and then you gave further guidance. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Um, Chris Finucci, thank you so much for joining me on We Got Goals. This has been another episode. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. Have a great day.